can that please be the intro? <laughs> Welcome to Summer at the Read Aloud Revival. <laughs> Everything's free and easy here. <laughs> okay, let me try this again. <clears throat> You're listening to the Read Aloud Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah McKenzie, homeschooling mama of six and author of The Read Aloud Family and Teaching from Rest. As parents, we're overwhelmed with a lot to do. It feels like every child needs something different. The good news is you are the best person to help your kids learn and grow, and home is the best place to fall in love with books. This podcast has been downloaded 7 million times in over 160 countries. So if you want to nurture warm relationships while also raising kids who love to read, you're in good company. We'll help your kids fall in love with books and we'll help you fall in love with homeschooling. Let's get started. Have you ever been lost? I have. More than once, in fact. But the time that comes to mind for me today is when my husband Andrew and I were on an anniversary trip to Port Townsend in Washington. Now, the grandparents had the kids, and so it was just the two of us for three days, which was a rare treat. So if you give Andrew and I a couple of days to ourselves, I can nearly guarantee you that we will do a few things no matter where we are. Number one, we will sleep in late. (laughs) Number two, we will find a local bookstore if there is one to be found. We'll also probably go to a nice dinner or two. And I can pretty much guarantee we'll go on some hikes. We love hiking. So on this particular trip to Port Townsend, we were hiking at Fort Warden State Park. So we parked the car, we make a beeline for the water because Fort Warden is on the northeastern side of the Olympic Peninsula, right on Puget Sound. We saw so many eagles that day, more bald eagles than I've ever seen in my life, soaring on the thermals right over the cliffs. We also saw seals, chipmunks, all manner of seabirds. And then we checked out the Point Wilson Lighthouse, which is at the very tip of the peninsula. So our plan was to hike around the peninsula 3.6 miles for the record, and then head back to our hotel, shower, get dressed, go out to a fancy dinner. Except (laughs) we did indeed hike along the peninsula, but then we kept going and going. The thing is, we, we thought it was a loop, but we sort of forgot to pay attention to where we needed to turn to make it a real loop. So I don't know if the sun was just beating down on us a little extra or all that sea spray and nature watching distracted us or what. But we ended up hiking hours further than we meant to. And by the time we realized we were not at all on the course we had set out on, we were well outside the state park. We didn't have smartphones back then, and we had no idea where we were. We just knew we were not where we were supposed to be. So we figured we were a shorter distance to our car inland rather than by turning around and heading back up the miles we had come along the beach. So we hiked up this cliff and through the backyard of someone's house. Very sorry, rich people who live in that very nice house. Thank you for the passageway. Uh, but once we made a few turns, we realized we, I mean, we really didn't know where we were. And by the way, it was getting dark. 
So we trek across this golf course and then out to a main road and realize we're still several miles from our car. So in the end, we hiked eight miles. And given that we had packed for a three-mile hike, we were tired, we were thirsty, and our feet were killing us. We had zero interest in going out to that fancy dinner. All we really wanted to do was fall into bed with exhaustion. Now, important to note, we were never really in any danger on this particular hike because by the time we realized we were lost, we were at the edge of a neighborhood, so we could have sought help at any point along the way. Um, and also, if you happen to look up a map of Fort Warden State Park, you're probably going to wonder how on earth we got so far off track, and believe me, we have thought the same thing. But a good sense of direction is not something the good Lord sought fit to give either of me or Andrew. So what can I say? We are grateful for smartphones these days. Now, a map would have been helpful, to be sure. But do you know what else would have been really helpful? A compass. We generally think of a map as a set of directions. You know, head west, then go two miles and take a left, go a third of a mile, and then take a right. Right? Each step is laid out, one following the next. A compass, however, doesn't give us a set of directions. It doesn't give us a step-by-step -step path for how we get to where we want to go. But it does point us in the right direction. And that can be just as good, maybe even better. When it comes to homeschooling and homeschool planning, I tend to think a compass is more useful than a specific set of directions. Because a set of directions gives you one way to get where you want to go, but what happens when a road is closed or a large object is blocking your path or you just get off track and need to find your way back to your actual course? What happens when your child has a learning struggle or there is an unexpected illness in the family, an unexpected baby, that's happened to me a few times, or an unexpected move? What happens when one of your kids needs twice as long to get through the science book than you expected, but they can whip through their spelling book, lickety split? Or maybe one of your kids is dyslexic, or all of your kids are dyslexic, or, well, you get the idea, right? This is when a compass comes in handy, because a compass can help you get to where you want to go, no matter where you're starting from. So wherever you are today, your compass can help you get toward where you want to go. If you wanted to get to my house, I live in eastern Washington, right along pretty close to the Idaho border, so you could start from wherever you are. If you're in Texas, you head north. If you're in Maine, you head west. If you're in Florida, you head northwest, right? A compass will orient you in the direction you want to go. In homeschooling, it's helpful to set our compass to choose a direction because I can guarantee you're going to get off track. Things are going to take you by surprise. Your kids will take you by surprise. Your life will take you by surprise. That's part of the beauty of homeschooling, to allow us the freedom to ebb and flow and shift and adjust to give our kids a custom education. Not something cookie cutter, but something personalized for our students and our families. So to that end, I've invited the Read Aloud Revival leadership team onto the podcast today to talk about how we're setting our own compasses this summer, and then to invite you to set your own compass along with us. Courtney and Kara, welcome back to this side of the show. Woohoo! Thank you for having us. I think it's so fun that we get to be together on this podcast about creating a compass, because the first time that I ever met Kara in person 
we were in Texas and we had to drive 45 miles in the dark in the hill country and the roads got more and more narrow and the streetlights got farther and farther apart. And then finally, the sign said, turn left on River Road. And we turned left and the river went right over the road. (laughs) And it was the most startling thing I had ever experienced. And Kara just drove right through that river and kept us pointing (laughs) right in the direction we needed to go. So when you drive through the river, when the river is is over the road, Kara should be at the wheel. (laughs) My goodness. I can just see her being like, yeah, we're going. Here we go. (laughs) You know what's funny about that is Courtney was was in charge of direction. So I was like, if Courtney says we're doing it, we're doing it. And I just kept going. (laughs) And I was like, Kara's driving. So if Kara's driving, we're doing it. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I can't believe that's the first time you met in person. That's... And you had that experience at the same time. That's kind it of it was weird. a very bonding experience. It was. It was. <laughs> she almost died. You know. Yes. We put our lives in each other's hands. So after that, it was like, okay, we're 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 just we're good. fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've been thinking a lot about how to set our own compasses for a new season, and we wanted to talk today about the four parts of that compass. Um, here are the four parts we're going to be talking about. If we think of the points of the compass as these different elements. Number one, choose your direction. Number two, make it easier and likely. And number three, hold it loosely. And then number four, plan to return. We're going to talk about each of those four parts of the compass and what it means when you're setting your own compass for a new season. So as we think about choosing our direction, we should probably talk about why it's important to do that in the first place. We need to pick a most important thing for the upcoming season, but why should we do that? Yeah, I mean, I like one of the things that comes to mind for me right away is that none of us has just infinite amounts of time and energy to do all the things we want to do in our homeschools, right? But instead of lamenting that, we can honor that fact that, you know, we know we have all the time that we need to do what we're called to do. It doesn't feel like it a lot of days, but we do truly have all the time we need to get to the things God expects from us, right? And this realization that we have enough time to do the things that matter, it, it helps us, I think, be intentional about what we're going to focus on in the season ahead. Not really as a way to, you know, quote unquote, be more productive or get more done, um, but more as a way of getting the right things done or having a homeschool that you love and can thrive in. Because since you can't do it all, it helps us to choose what matters most right now. What's the most important thing in this season? Out of all these years and years of talking to homeschooling moms, I have never met one, not a single one, who said, you know, we got to it all. We nailed it. We did everything I wanted to do. We read all the books. We did all the field trips. We had all the experiences I really hoped for. But I think a lot of us who are still in the thick of it, we really, we are like, we're, we're going to get to everything, right? <laughs> We've got to get to everything, but it doesn't work that way. So getting really intentional can help. Yeah, for sure. Recently, I was feeling really off track, like super lost in the woods, the way that you talked about at the beginning of the episode, Sarah. <laughs> um I've literally been lost like that too. But um, I was talking to someone who is far more organized than I am. And I told her, I think I wanted her to tell me what to do. So I was like, I need like a drill sergeant or a mom, like somebody to just tell me exactly what to do, or I at least need a schedule. 
But the more we talked about it, it felt like instead of, she said, instead of a schedule, um, I think it might help you just to set like your priorities each day. Cause it sounds like your schedule is going to be all over the place because mm. you have kids and you homeschool and you work and you have life and you have appointments and things. And it's not never like going to be the same thing every single day. Mm -hmm. So what if you just sat down and set your priorities each day? So now as part of my morning routine, my last step is to write out what I'm doing that day. And then I star the three most important things. I like and it. that little thing has helped so much every day. Cause if I just get those three things done, I feel like I've accomplished what's really really important and um, I can feel successful. Like, mm. okay, I did the three important things. So what about if we're going to pick the most important thing for a season? I know, Sarah, you've talked about imagining yourself at the end of the summer, drinking a mocha frappuccino with extra whipped cream. <laughs> Definitely extra whipped cream. That's not even a question. I'm always surprised when they ask me, do you want whipped cream? I'm like, can't you tell? I want whipped cream. <laughs> Does anybody say no to that, really? <laughs> but when you're drinking that frappuccino and you say to your friend, I'm so glad that this summer we made time for this. What? How do you fill in the blank? What's your first response? I think that can be a really good indicator of what might be on your list for the most important thing. And I know it helps me to remember the summer part of the summer compass, that this isn't forever. This is for a season. This is for a few months. And so we can make progress on one thing and know that that's a win. And I, that sounds like what you were saying, Kara, that you're making progress on the one thing and that it feels like a win. Yes. Yeah. And we're doing it now for the summer because it's the beginning of the summer, but in the fall, we'll do it again for the fall. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our kids are constantly growing and changing, but also, you know, I can't pick a schedule or a plan that's going to work for the whole year because sometimes we're in swimming lessons and sometimes we're in cross country season. And sometimes we've got, you know, family in from out of town. Every season looks a little bit different in all of our um, all of our families because we're not static. We're human mm. beings and there's life happening, right? So yes, that question of like, or that way of finishing the sentence, I guess, of saying, I'm so glad I made time for blank is really powerful, I think, because it also is easy to answer. You don't have to overthink it. Um, really, one of the first things that come to your mind is probably the best thing to answer it with, is probably the best thing to fill it in with. Um, honoring this season that we're in, I think, matters. And we could think about this in a couple different ways. The season of the year we're in, like I'm, it was saying, this is summer, so life's going to look different for us in the summer than it does in the winter, and you know, academically, and how much we're getting out and about, and energy-wise. So honoring that uh, physical season of the year, but then also the season of your life, because your thing that matters, the thing that you're going to fill that, I'm so glad I made time for sentence in is going to look different if you just had a baby or if you are taking care of an elderly parent or if you have a house full of teenagers the season of life that you're in is going it needs to be honored in that way um in that way as well so you know in my family I know that in the summertime 
we read aloud less than we do at other times of the year. That used to really make me kind of stressed out because reading aloud is obviously a very high value we have in our home. (laughs) Um, But I've realized that it's just part of our family's rhythm. You know, we also tend to go on more adventures and outings in the summer than we do in the other times of year. And that's, you know, that's a summer thing. Right. So I'm going to keep that in mind when I'm picking our most important thing for summer. And just the knowledge that this shifts and change season by season takes off some of that pressure because it doesn't mean reading aloud is never the first thing. I'm, I'm so glad I made time for reading aloud, but that might not be my answer for this season and that's okay. So let's talk, let's each talk about our most important thing. What, where is your compass pointing you this summer? Courtney, what's, what's your thing that matters? Well, my daughter is finishing up her first year of high school and I know it feels good. Um, For her science credit, she created um, a project-based course all about natural building. So all year long, she's been reading about Cobb and natural building. She created an annotated bibliography. She did a presentation. She's done soil tests and visited sites all over the city. And now, as the capstone to the project, she's building a Cobb oven in our backyard. Wow. And she's building a cob oven, but that means we're all building a cob oven. (laughs) (laughs) That's how that works. What is a cob oven? I don't know what that is. Cob is a natural building material like adobe. It's, let's see if I can do this. Um, It's straw, sand, and clay. And instead of adobe being made into bricks, first of all, and then used to build, it's just put on free form. And so we're going to, so if you imagine an adobe structure, that's what it looks like. But then it's going to be a wood-fired oven in the backyard for pizza. Oh, yum. I know. It's just got much more interesting. I know. (laughs) So our most important thing is to have time for building as long as the weather holds because we need it to be dry. Okay. And you do live in the Northwest. Right. So. (laughs) That's amazing. We one time built a s'more solar oven and it took us like an hour and a half. And I thought it was like the biggest homeschool accomplishment ever. So like an actual oven for cooking pizza, not just yeah. melting s'mores. <laughs> well, we'll see. We, right now we have a, a big trench dug and it's full of rubble for the foundation. So we're waiting for the sun to start shining. That's so cool. Okay, Kara, what about you? What's your most important thing? Okay. So my most important thing sounds like it's about me, but I promise it's not just about me. Um, so My most important thing right now is getting into a consistent morning routine. Like I talked about that conversation with my friend earlier. Um, And this is a really big deal because I'm finding I'm really struggling without a plan for the day. And if I don't know what's going on and if I'm not ready to sort of be like the the compass. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everybody else is sort of like bumping into each other. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I am really focusing on that right now. And I am laying out uh, my day as part of my little like morning, you know, routine. And then I'm picking my priorities. And I have this new journal that I bought called the Morning Sidekick Journal. Have either of you seen it anywhere? Okay. It's really cool. We're all like new journal. Like, tell me more. (laughs) A new paper product. I also got new pens. So (laughs) woohoo. It's really, really cool. The whole idea of it is it is to help you, if you're somebody like me who naturally is not inclined toward this kind of thing. Well, we're learning all the things I'm not good at. I'm not good at directions. I'm not good at not driving <laughs> into rivers. And I'm not good at 
organization, but um, it helps you to set up a morning routine and then get consistent about it. Mm. And it's really simple. You do like a couple minutes the night before, a couple minutes in the morning. Um, like I said, we can link to it in the show notes. But yeah. um, when I, the last step now of my morning routine is like laying out that daily plan in my bullet journal. And together, those two things are really helping me because I can look at exactly what we have going on. I can look at what our priorities are. I can look at when I'm trying to do too much. I can look at when two kids are supposed to be in two different places and we only have one car. All those good things. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it really does benefit everyone, even though it sounds like it's kind of just a me thing. That's a really good point. We talk all the time in RER Premium about the trickle-down effect. Right. Uh, there's a lot of truth to that old saying, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. <laughs> Yeah, and if mama's confused, yes, <laughs> everybody doesn't eat. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I really think there's a lot of truth to the fact that a peaceful, content homeschooling mom is the most central part of a successful homeschool and you're in your homeschool longer than anyone else. And so taking the time to go like how can I get organized or make this feel better or less chaotic to me? isn't selfish. It's no. the opposite of that. It's not all about you. You're doing it in service to your family. So that trickle down effect comes into full force there. So yeah. I love this. Yeah. I can't yeah. Wait to look at the journal. Yeah. It I really think- is helping everyone. I think it, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm one weekend, <laughs> Yeah, but it really yeah. is helping so far. <laughs> yeah. I think for me, I always assume that, um, the peaceful content homeschool mom just is something that I need to embody or something, you know, I just need to, But actually there are concrete steps to take, like you were saying, like thinking about your day, the next day, the night before, like that's a really Mm -hmm. great way to get ready for the morning because when morning comes, it comes full force, you know, ready or not. And so peace doesn't come just miraculously. It's something that we can take steps towards. You know, like you said, Courtney, all of us want to be this calm, peaceful mother and yet pretty much the minute we wake up, we're hit with unexpected things. Yeah. Even on the simplest, easiest day, it's, you know, there's, there's things that come up and we're, and we go into reacting mode. So if there's any way that we can sort of take a minute and prepare ourselves, I think it's easier to be at least a little calmer. Well, we have a very full summer ahead of us um, in our family, the kind of summer that makes you think you're going to need a vacation at the end of summer (laughs) from the summer, you know, right about the time you're starting a new school year. Right. Um, So I think at the end of the summer, I'm going to say I'm so glad I made time for trips to the pool. Um, So I think saying that that most important, that that's a really important thing, that's a priority. I think it will help me make space for it in our weeks, even when we've got a lot of other things going on. And also, it will help me not feel guilty when we don't do other things like clean the house or do the laundry or read aloud, (laughs) right? Uh, Because we're going to the pool because that is the thing that I know I'm going to be glad we made time for this summer. Uh, it's a memory that I want my kids to have. Yeah. Uh, they were My kids were talking about this outdoor pool that's not too far from our home that we only went to once last summer. I sort of discovered it. This is funny. It's very close to my home. But I like sort of discovered how fabulous it was um, at the end of summer. 
and also discovered that my kids are at the age and swimming ability that I can read next to the pool while they swim, which is like the ultimate goal of motherhood. Yes. (laughs) That's the only reason my children are in swimming lessons. And so I realized, oh man, at the end of last summer, I thought, I kind of missed it on this opportunity. It's so close to home. It's an easy, it could be an easy thing to do if I well, we'll talk about that in a second if I thought through a few things <laughs> yeah. about how to make it easier. So yeah, I think going to the pool, um, I think that's my thing. All right. So that's our first compass point. Choose your direction. Our second point is make it easier and likely. So I think I tend to distrust things that are too easy when they're when it feels easy, when it feels smooth. And I think, wait, something's wrong here. You know, it's like when the toddler is being too quiet, (laughs) you really, you really like the quiet, but you're really kind of afraid about what that might mean. But I think that's a little bit wrongheaded. I mean, I don't think things have to be hard in order to count or to be productive. Uh, I've heard Joy Clarkson call this our inner tiny Puritan. I think that's what she says. (laughs) I don't know how tiny mine is. Mine might be kind of (laughs) midsize. We all have different sized characters. <laughs> it's like the Russian nesting dolls. Like some of us have the big ones, like the next size down, and some of us have the little tiny baby. Oh, that's too funny. Uh, that's what I think. It's true that when something is going smoothly or easy, this happens in our homeschools all the time. Yeah. I think this is why some of us start to distrust that reading aloud is working because it feels, you know, it feels good. Smooth. Yeah, it's delightful. And we're like, but this can't actually be doing very much then, right? It's not nearly painful. Um, in Greg McEwen's book, Effortless, he wrote this. When we feel overwhelmed, it may not be because the situation is inherently overwhelming. It may be because we are overcomplicating something in our heads. Asking the question, what if this could be easy, is a way to reset our thinking. It may seem almost impossibly simple, and that's exactly why it works. Whoa. That's the end of the quote. Yes. Wow. It's, it's a good that one. one just moved to the top of my to be read stack. Yeah. yeah. His book, <laughs> his first book, Essentialism, is one of my all time favorites. And so this is his newer book, Effortless. And the idea is in essentialism is choosing the most important things, and in effortless is making those things easy. So you can kind of see how this is showing up in what we're talking about yeah. here. Um, but listen, like homeschooling is hard, right? Parenting is hard. So I don't want to make it sound like we're overcomplicating something. We're not always overcomplicating things in our homeschools or in parenting. It's just hard work. Um, So I don't want to suggest that that's easy. But I think that question of maybe not exactly what if this could be easy, but how could I make this easier? That could really help us set ourselves up for success. We can also, along with that, ask, you know, how can we make this a lot more likely to happen? And so I think the next thing to do is just choose one small step to start. I am excellent at overcomplicating things that could be simple. Um, I have a tendency to create color-coded charts and really grand plans that I have energy for for approximately two minutes, and then the whole thing fizzles because I can't keep my energy up around it. Um, So this is really helpful to me because I will think, okay, we're going to go to the pool, and now it's going to be like every Wednesday is pool day, and it's going to be like some big thing. No. So if we can instead consider how we can start small, and we could do this by just asking, you know, what's the easiest way to blank that thing? So for me, what's the easiest way to make sure you get to the pool some this summer, right? Then what comes up, you know, what comes up for us? So as you're listening to this and you're thinking, maybe you've got your thing that you're thinking is the most important thing. If you asked yourself, what 
is the easiest way to blank, you might come up with some ideas that will make it easier and more likely that you can get to it. Okay, um, wait. Yeah. Real quick. This is from my journal, directly from the journal that I've referenced. Pack your bag the night before. Because what is it with swim goggles and the towels that are big enough and the sunscreen and you want to make sure you have your book or two That's right. or three? Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. I just So, yes, exactly. I'm getting very excited about this journal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that, like, this is another way to look at this same thing is just to consider obstacles. Like, what might get in your way? Because we all have different personalities and temperaments and uh, different sizes of tiny Puritans, apparently, inside <laughs> of us. And so the idea of knowing, like, Courtney, if your most important thing was going to the pool, I have a feeling that whatever got in the way of you doing that would be different than what gets in the way of me going to the pool because we are we have different personalities, right? right. So if we think through what might get in the way for me to make, to do this thing that I know is important, that I've decided is important, how can I clear that obstacle ahead of time? Here's an example um, that's not the pool. If my thing that matters, let's say, is going to the library every week, let's say that that's the thing that came to mind for you, going to the library every week this summer. I know if that was me, an obstacle that might come up for me is forgetting to do it until the week was over and then going, oh no, we didn't do the library. And then I would feel like a failure because I've already named that it's important. And then we get to the next week and I might forget again, right? So maybe picking a day like Wednesday's library day, we're going to go every Wednesday in the morning. Maybe that could help. Or maybe keeping all of my library books in bags or baskets right by the front door. Maybe that would help. Like whatever it is for you and your personality, just thinking through what is the obstacle that would get in the way of this being easy and likely to happen. That could be a really good, that could be a really good way in. Yeah. I know for me, for our project, if it's going to happen, if we're going to build this cob oven, we're going to need big chunks of time in our calendar with plenty of margin, with plenty of downtime. And that means I'm going to have to say no to some things. I'm going to have to like miss out on good things. I mean, summertime is like the high life for the, for homeschoolers. And I'm going to have to say no to good stuff. I really like that you mentioned that good stuff, because a lot of times I'll think like, yes, I know everything is a trade-off. So every time we say yes to something, you're saying yes to the cop house. You know, you're saying no to other things. Sometimes I forget that those things you're going to say no to are also really good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so then what happens is in the moment, it's much harder because we feel overwhelmed again. Right. Like what? I didn't see this coming. So just acknowledging that that for this season, your yes to the cob house is going to be no to some other good opportunities, but you're choosing that on purpose might help with, you know, FOMO or frustration that you have to say no to other good things because you've already decided that was a worthwhile trade-off for this season. Mm, yes. I'm going to be a journal nerd again. Yes, Apparently please. that's my new thing. And I'm <laughs> going to say too that those other things that are calling you that are like, oh, I want to do that. But right now that's not my focus. If you write them down somewhere where you can look at them later. So you say like, okay, we're not going to go to the zoo this summer because we're building this, but it would be really great to get back to the zoo, write it down for fall or you know what I mean? Like once you write it down, it feels like you give your brain permission to stop like ruminating on it. on it. Yeah. 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 Because it's like, okay, it's there for when I need it again later. 
Yeah, that's okay, so good. So, so speaking of it, my my tiny thing, my small thing is that I bought that journal, that morning sidekick journal. Smart. <laughs> I think it's reminding me too that, like you said, Sarah, we can create these elaborate color-coded schedules for our kids and chore charts and cleaning plans. But what really makes the difference is deciding what's important and letting that set the direction each day. Really good. Um, Kara, your idea to put like to pack the bag the night before, I'm loving that feels like a very simple, small step. Also, I'm just thinking I might put that bag in the same spot in our front entryway closet. So it's just right there, you know. But I also think I might something I could do now that would make it easier later. And this goes back, this is pairs really well with what you just said, Kara, about not having to keep things in your brain because you wrote it down. Is I might just make a checklist, like a quick, you know, a checklist that I can put right next to the bag. Maybe I'll like laminate it. So if it gets wet, it's fine. But here you are again, uh, overcomplicating okay, things. Okay. No laminate. <laughs> no lamination. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it just has to last for Thank the you. summer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, my husband thanks you too. Um, swim towels, you know, goggles, water bottles, sunblock, whatever. I'll put those on the list. And then before we leave, because you know how sometimes like I could pack things, but sometimes kids come and take things out. So then I could just look at my list and be like, boom, boom, boom. We've got all the things we need. And I don't have to remember. Right. um, What do we need for go to the pool again? (laughs) And also, yes, the book, because if we go to the pool and I have achieved this accomplishment of arriving at the time in my life where I get to read by the side of the pool and I forget my book, that will be (laughs) tragic. Okay, I have a, I don't know where all this is coming from today, but I have an idea. Instead of laminating it, put it in a Ziploc bag. Then it won't oh. get wet, but you still oh. have it. But you don't have to warm up a laminator. I don't know how laminators work. <laughs> yeah, I do have to warm up my laminator. Okay, I like it. all right. This there is we good. go. This works. <laughs> so we've got, we're up to our third point on the compass. We've got choose your direction, make it easier and likely. And now the third point, hold it loosely. Hold it loosely. Hold our plans loosely because we can't see the future. You know, I don't know about you, but I was not planning on a worldwide pandemic. (laughs) I wasn't planning on everything in the world closing. Mm -hmm. Um, So we make our plans. You know, we're always in this balancing of making our plans and then holding them lightly. And the reason we can do that is because we know that God is at work, even when the world has turned upside down. And that lets us relax. Yes. Let's talk about that word, relax. I just looked this up the other day because I was thinking about the word relax and what does it mean to be relaxed? Um, We all want to be relaxed. Like that's all our goal, right? Right. right. So the word relax comes from the Greek word lax, which means to loosen and then re, right? So we're loosening again. And that's what we do when we like, we make our plans. So we set our compass for the summer and then we decide which direction we want to go and we hold that plan really loosely we, we because we have to loosen our ex- expectations we have to adjust and then we relax again in the next season when we're doing the same thing we're choosing our direction but we're holding those plans really loosely and i think this is really important because it doesn't devalue our plans we actually want to plan that's the whole point of our what we're talking about today is unless you figure out where what is most important to you 
in this season, the whole season's going to go by whether you get to your most important thing or not, right? But it keeps our plans in their place because there's a lot of things that happen in our life that are outside of our control. And I think holding those plans loosely can make us a lot more pleasant to be around <laughs> for our children, for our families, and for ourselves. Just make life a little more pleasant because we realize not everything has to go according to my plan for it to be successful. Yeah. And there's a reason why we call this the summer compass and not the summer map. This isn't completely mapped out as, you know, my my inner Puritan kind of would like a map for the, you know, with clear directions on do this and then do this and then you will arrive. But we're going to hit unexpected obstacles. You know, that river is going to flow right over the road. <laughs> and the compass lets us know that we can reroute, we can we can adjust, we can hold our plans loosely and still be headed in the right direction. It doesn't, those obstacles don't totally throw us off course. We can, and if they do, we can reorient and get back on course again because yeah. the obstacles, when obstacles come, it doesn't mean that we're doing it wrong or that things aren't working. You know, that's where God has given you particular genius to work it out, to do the work of taking the next step of reorienting, seeing where you are and taking the next step. So when we loosen our grip on our plans, we can remember that they're just, they're guesses, you know, they're good, educated guesses, they're thoughtful guesses, but we can adjust and, and loosen our grip. So Courtney, you just saying that reminds me of one of the absolute most wonderful gifts we can give ourselves, which is to say we can begin again tomorrow. Hmm. And there's a Ralph Waldo Emerson quote that I have on my refrigerator because I want to look at it every morning. It says, finish each day and be done with it. You have done what you could. Some blunders and absurdities have crept in. Forget them as soon as you can. Tomorrow is a new day. You shall begin it serenely and with too high a spirit to be encumbered with your old nonsense. It's one of my favorites. And I think it's really good because when you have kids, blunders and absurdities will absolutely be (laughs) Right, right. And there's a lot of old nonsense going on. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully you can begin the new day serenely and with a high spirit. Um, So our last point is to plan to return. And we mentioned that this is not a forever commitment that we're making. You've just picked your priority for the upcoming season. And you can reset your compass next season. So go ahead and put it on your calendar to do that in about three months for the next quarter. Oh, man, I really love the idea of just for a season that feels like a really sturdy container to me. Hmm. And you said earlier, Kara, about um, making a list of things that we might be missing out on. And as soon as you said that, I thought of a place in my journal where I keep... um, a post-it note in the front of my journal. And it's for things that I'm worried about, things that I'm concerned about, that I can just put them there. Again, it's like a little container that holds my worries. So I don't, so my mind doesn't have to be on the hamster wheel and that plan for return. So I can use that post-it note as a place to hold my worries until the next season, until the next time when we're going to reorient with the compass. So now it's your turn. Can you decide what the four points of your compass are? Choose your direction, make it easier and more likely, hold it loosely, and plan to return. So just imagine yourself at the end of the summer 
and finish that sentence, I'm so glad I made time for blank this summer. Then ask yourself, how can you make that easier and more likely to happen? And take one small step to making that happen, making that likely. And remember to hold it loosely and make a plan to return in the next quarter and reset your compass for a new season. Kara and Courtney, thank you so much for joining me today. Let's go hear from the kids. Hi, my name is Emine. I'm six years old. I live in California. My favorite books are The Boxcar Children. I like them because the Aldens are always on dangerous adventures. Hi, my name is John Paul Millette. I am eight years old and live in Saskatchewan, Canada. I've been reading the adventure series by Ian Zleitner. My favorite so far is The Sea of Adventure. I liked when they res- had to rescue Bill when he was captured by bad guys. Hi, my name is Joseph Millette. I am 10 years old and live in Saskatchewan, Canada. My favorite book I read recently was called Disconnected, The Broken Path, which is written by my dad. The internet crashes and the main character, Ben, who is addicted to his phone, has to learn how to live without the internet. My favorite part was when Ben learned how to hunt with his grandpa. What's your name? And where do you live? Canada. How old are you, Emily? Five years old. And what's your favorite book? Which one do you like the best? Why do you like it? What are the babies' names? Hello, my name is Connor Luke, and I'm six years old, and I live in. Texas in my favorite book is Fight for Freedom, and I like how they got past the wall and even were fighting in the cold. My name is Tuper, and I live Texas, and I'm four years old, and my favorite book is Fallen Dog, and my part of it is the whole world is filled with buttons. Nothing is not mine. The whole world is full of buttons and not one of them is mine. I like that part too. (laughs) I like all the books you guys recommended today. Thanks so much for calling in. If your kids would love to share a book they've been enjoying, go to readaloudrevival.com slash message. They can leave me a voicemail there and be aired on the show. Uh, Before we go, I want to make sure you know that this summer in RER Premium, I am teaching a brand new session called Teaching Literature Without a Curriculum. This is part of our coaching program in RER Premium, which is basically the place where I coach you in teaching from rest so that you can fall more in love with your homeschool and really create a homeschooling life that you love and that feels peaceful and relaxed. So in the Teaching Literature Without a Curriculum uh, coaching session, I'm going to be sharing the recipe that I use in my own homeschool to teach literature to all ages without a curriculum from young kids with read alouds all the way up through high school. It's a very simple re- recipe and you 
you'll, you could actually see it in action every single month in our RAR Premium Family Book Clubs because our entire book club program is based on this methodology. But I'm going to break it down and make the bones really visible to you so you can see how to do this with any book at any, at any age or stage. Um, it's been a really fun workshop to create, and so I'm looking forward to sharing it in RAR Premium. We're doing this in July and August, which is a great time to sort of get the, the feel for it so that your next school year you can teach literature without a curriculum and your kids can fall more in love with reading because of the literature they do in school, not less. And unfortunately, that's not always what happens. So um, the other fabulous thing that comes with this uh, program is a great, uh, it's a guide, actually, a teaching literature without a curriculum guide that includes grade level book lists that you can use to implement the method um, depending on how old your kids are. So uh, I think the whole thing is going to be fabulous. I cannot wait for it. I would love for you to join us. So if you would like to get in on that, go to rarpremium.com. That will be live in July and August, and then just like everything else in RAR Premium, if you can't attend the coaching session live, you'll be able to get it on replay, to watch it on replay, and you'll have access to the, the guide and everything that goes along with it, so it can fit into your schedule. And I think this is going to be a really easy and approachable way to help your kids love reading more after every book they read and help you love your homeschool more cannot wait. I'll be back next week with another episode, but in the meantime, you know what to do. Go make meaningful and lasting connections with your kids through books. So many of us feel overwhelmed in our homeschool. There's a lot to do, and it feels like every child needs something a little different. The good news is, you are the best person on the planet to help your kids learn and grow, and home is the best place to fall in love with books. I'm Sarah McKenzie. I'm a homeschooling mother of six, the author of Teaching from Rest and The Read Aloud Family, and I'm the host here on the Read Aloud Revival Podcast. This podcast has been downloaded over 8 million times. And you know, I think it's because so many of us want the same things. We want our kids to be readers, to love reading. We want our homes to be warm and happy havens of learning and connection. We know that raising our kids is the most important work of our lives. That's kind of overwhelming, right? You are not alone. In Read Aloud Revival Premium, we offer family book clubs, a vibrant community, and Circle with Sarah coaching for you, the homeschooling mom, so you can teach from rest, homeschool with confidence, and raise kids who love to read. Our family book clubs are a game changer for your kids' relationship with books. We provide you with a family book club guide and an opportunity for your kids to meet the author or illustrator live on screen. So all you have to do is get the book, read it with your kids, and make those meaningful and lasting connections. They work for all ages, from your youngest kids to your teens. 
Every month, our community also gathers online for a circle with Sarah to get ideas and encouragement around creating the homeschooling life you crave. They're the most effective way I know to teach from rest and build a homeschool life you love. We want to help your kids fall in love with books, and we want to help you fall in love with homeschooling. Join us today at rarpremium.com.